When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Dallas keeps running and running. And the burnout never arrives. Put the peacocks in the Premier League, they tantalise and thrive. We knew they would. We knew it. We've pundits scanning crib sheets for anti-lead statistics. All the shipping goals at corners and hopelessly naive. Ailing sailing down the wing, Bielsa's going ballistic. And Bamford proves the benefits of a manager that believes. And Dallas keeps running and running and Rafinha's peddling tricks, and Pascal Stroike is a revelation with a spider between the sticks. Three more wins were in the Champions League. We were safe beating Leicester in Jan, and we knew we had them by the scruff of a neck from the moment the season began. Rodrigo, Llorente, Cork and Calvin, Harrison and Janney and Coops, Tyro and Costa and Shackleton, from silky-skilled showmen to troops. Undefeated at home against Super League 6. All those glitzy household names. And the only thing stopping his winning streak was running out of games. And it still hurts. It's bittersweet that we've done it behind closed doors. But next year we'll make it a cauldron like they've never heard before. And Dallas keeps running and running. And Orta is causing a scene. And for a younger generation of Leeds fans, it's the best team they've ever seen. A hero's send-off for Pablo and Berra. Tears as eras collide. And Dallas keeps running and running. And our hearts are bursting with pride. A special treat there for us all to wrap up the season in style from the one and only Matt Abbott. Big thanks to him for creating that for us. Well, hello and welcome to the final episode of the Right in the Gary Kelly's podcast of the season we're recording from the famous Peacock Club at LS11 together for the first time this season which is very exciting what a way to do it team after what has been an amazing season for this great football club of ours on today's show we're going to look back on the success of this season share our key moments standout players and look forward to the summer and next season to help me do that I'm joined by our first teamers and hero of the Leeds United world, as both Matt, Lucy and Dan are joined by BBC Radio Leeds' Adam Cook. How are we doing team? Have you got your drink and packet of crisps ready? Very well, thank you. Thank you. Very good. Great to hear. Just before I get started, let's address the elephant in the room. As we've got Popey here, I think it would be a, a missed opportunity to ask him how he feels seeing his boyhood club, Everton, finish below Leeds United for the first time since 2002. Who would have thought that at the start of the season? Yeah, I think when they go into the last day, I think I knew it was going to happen. 
because um, I didn't think anything else other than a Leeds win, and there's no way Everton will win at Man City. So, but promising start, um, and then it was Leeds really that derailed it with that brilliant Rafina goal and a great performance at Goodison. And then after that, I think Everton have struggled to be quite honest, but poor season by their standard, or by what was expected. I thought top six for Everton this year, as in sixth, um, Leeds probably seven places ahead of where I thought I thought you know maybe six places ahead of where I thought, I thought comfortable 15th so yeah the two teams have you know in my eyes one succeeded and one's failed and we know which is which yeah and you think they spent quite well in, in, the, in or a lot of money to Corey and you look at you know Harmes and players like that but then this is this is where Leeds have been brilliant for me over a couple of seasons now is that the signs they've made have been have made an instant impact and have been well you've got to say world class I think Rodrigo will prove to everybody that he's world class if he, if he doesn't need to already and Rafinha well we all know has um, been the snip of the Premier League well, in terms of signings, isn't he? So, so, and I think that's the thing they've hit the ground running. Most of them, and some of them have been injured too. But you can tell that they've they've been that they're more than capable of holding their own. I understand, Matt. We've received some fan mail. How many have we got? Twenty, thirty letters. Couple, yeah. We've had a couple. <laughs> Not as many as video leads gets. All the house. We don't get any. All the house. Four people. Yeah, we've had a few. A uh, guy called Jim said he absolutely thinks our podcast is brilliant, content is brilliant, keep it coming. I listened to the Johnny Allison interview this morning, my favourite player growing up as a kid, a true legend and a massive cue for his guys and I'll deserve. A joy to listen while doing anything, so I wonder if that's the housework perhaps, I don't know what he's doing there. Um, and then a guy called Tempsey just said, like, real fans, real views, great little podcast. It's not little if you see all the effort you have to put in just to get a few connected. But yeah, thanks for that. I had a bit of fun and it recommended for a Leeds fan. Well, that's a good setup for me to let you know about our contact details. If you want to get in touch, you can find us across all socials at RITGK. And you can always go old school if you fancy it. Drop us an email at contact at writingthegarrykellys.com. Right then, let's get started. It's been a busy season, so let's touch on a few key moments and celebrate some of the amazing things that we've seen this season. Um, first up, just general play, I think, is worthy of a discussion in itself. The style of play, the commitment, the lack of, dare I say, burnout. What have you guys made of how we've approached this season? I think, for me, it's, I think how many months back when we played Liverpool, for example, first game of the season, and like we all knew kind of how we would approach it, but it was quite new to the Premier League. And... That to me, you think back on those few first few games of the season, was such a good example of how we carried on all the way through the season, really, in terms of how we played. And obviously, you know, things have changed in the back end of the season where we've got more solid. But against Liverpool, it's just a great, great advert for what Leeds were going to be this season in terms of going at the champions and doing really well there, and probably deserved the point if you look back at. I think the penalty, it's, they changed the rules, didn't they, a couple of games later? Because um, it cops me to his hand, didn't it? And then, um, so for me, that I, we've not changed since then. And I think that's a great testament to how far we've come and, you know, where we're at now, really, from where we finished. It was on a note, wasn't it, Liverpool? Like, he's so popular. Yeah. There, I bet you can 
Because after that game, everyone was saying, oh, that's Leeds, it's going to be like this every week. Basketball. Yeah. I think it took us a while to settle down, didn't it? And the first 10 games. Did, in, that, in that first game, I think, when you looked at it, there was, yeah, as you say, the, the law changed over the, or the interpretation changed over the season. So they would have had a point. They deserved a point the way they played. But also, yeah, that game, Bamford missed a great chance early on. And if you can't, no, not again. Not not the same sort of season for him where I remember saying in commentary, we know what, you know, you can't afford to miss those. And then he goes and puts a great chance away after Harrison had scored too. So, and then they were brilliant after that. They were so, so unlucky. And then he thought, hang on, is this how it's going to be? Play well, but end up nourishing it sort of thing and, and you come back down. But I've got to be honest, I never really felt that way. Even even when it got a little bit sticky at times, but never to the point where you felt that they were going to be in trouble. And I think because they beat all the bottom teams pretty convincingly, I felt they were safe by the time Newcastle were, were doubled. I really did. And then... After that, the thing that I know is the style of play, I think you're absolutely right, never changed because it doesn't under him. But they got a bit more streetwise in the sense that there were a few little tackles that come in, little tackles just to stop play. Or Now, obviously, that's not being coached by me else, but I think they were more willing to just do that and, and disrupt the odd game if they needed to yeah. at the right time. It's a subtle thing, but I yeah. think it did happen. I remember Sheffield United, Bamford, it was And then they tried to get a second and a third or whatever it was and I remember it was something like the 91st minute five or six players going for a second goal I'm thinking lads they're talking talking Sheffield United Champions League this season but the game it was a bit of tactical mouse and I've noticed after that I think it might have been um, the Newcastle game the the killing the game off so yeah and tactical fouls as well we certainly didn't see them did we in the first 10 games or so but yeah they they picked it up so it's um, I mean, they've been learning this a bit going, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think um, just some of the substitutions as well. I think, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Cock coming on, yeah. you know, just showing things up a little bit more rather than putting another winger or, you know, attacking the field or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that sort of stuff went on. But, I mean, the the difference defensive between the first half and the second half without playing any differently in terms of wanting to go and win games has been incredible. Um, they have. In terms of that, like defensive, getting more solid in defence, that do you think it was down to individuals playing better? Because obviously the um, or new players coming in, like Llorente, like we said, the tactics didn't really change. Mm. But obviously the defensive record got brilliant towards the back end of the season, um, especially with Llorente and Strike playing centre back. So, like, what does everyone think in terms of that? Was there a big change there? I think definitely in like second half of the season when we brought Lorente in, you could see the difference it made to the back line and just having sort of that um, experience back there. Obviously, we struggled at the first like half of the season with, with Stro- and Stroit's grown as well in confidence. And I've just really enjoyed the season because I've never seen Leeds in in the Premier League before because I'm only <laughs> quite young. So I was just hoping that we'd get through the season and, and stay there and then hopefully get back in in the stadium next year. But um, no faults, I think we've exceeded expectations and yeah, really happy to be honest, yeah. Well, really you really say I've not seen Leeds before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just my, my head drops every time. I've yeah. said that a few times this season. Yeah. But that was your biggest fear, wasn't it? That you yeah. could fall yeah. in or you know, and, mm. and go back down and people don't see it. But but I think honestly if you were to pick one key thing, I think you mentioned there Lorente for me, and mm. obviously Stroud playing the position that he is obviously best at too but I think Lorente having that run of games was absolutely pivotal to them 
still been able to because he's brilliant at playing. He's a baller as well, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's. But I think that was pivotal to them showing up a bit, being a bit more aggressive, mm. and, um, and obviously improving the defensive record, but keeping true to the style of play. I think that's been the case at both ends of the pitch, hasn't it? Really, because sort of Rodrigo would come in for one or two games and he'd really not struggle, but he'd find find it really hard to get going. And then once he got two or three games under his belt, he like started. As we've seen yeah. like last like four or five weeks, he's like gone out and scored nearly every week. I think that sort of happened with most of these players, hasn't it? That they've sort of it's taken them maybe two or three weeks to get going. So like Tyler Roberts, when he was coming off the bench, he looked million dollars and then as soon as he started he really struggled didn't he to sort of pick up the pace of the game and I think that sort of happened throughout the squad as soon as they started getting a run of games and most of all they couldn't stop them really I think they just a bit of felt unbeatable towards the end of the season and but no, they felt, literally felt like end of the championship season last season yeah, it's, well, I think isn't the second best if you go for three points for a win it's the second best tally yeah. that they've had with 66, 67 I think it was mm. was the same if you, if you equate them so the only thing that bothered me a bit was that I think Robert's been given that run of games. I think there was a correlation between Bamford not scoring for those five and him starting. And I'm delighted that he's got a goal and all that at Southampton Roberts. But I wasn't sure where was he scoring, where was he assisting. And I did feel that was choking me a little yeah. bit. But overall, they were winning games. So, yeah. you know. Lots and lots of victories to choose from, thankfully. Uh, big question, I suppose, is which one of those was your favourite and why? It's hard to choose. Yeah. I think everyone's going to say the Man City game, aren't they? I they probably wouldn't. I, I don't know. I remember reading the Guardian the next day, and Jamie Jackson, who's a Manchester City, Manchester United reporter, claimed that Man City's reserves got beat by Leeds two one. <laughs> I took offence to that. Do not get that Man City team. No one got reserves. No, they don't have a team. That's how they. In that area, I think it was the country referred that it was City's weaker team. That team was still annoyed me that because it wasn't the case at all. I think maybe Sabuero was on the bench at the time, but yeah, for me that, that that's a standout game. But I look at, I don't know, there's so many to choose from this season, isn't there? When you think about it, I think for me, um, Leicester away was a good win. A good I point. thought they were going well at the time. Obviously, finished way up the league. And it was, especially when we went behind as well, um, early on, because, you know, we, we all know we're so good when we get in front, but sometimes coming from behind, it's a bit more of a struggle. We got the instant reply, and then after that, the second half, I thought we were, we were really good and scored some great Bamford's goal, brilliant finish, lovely pass. You know, I, I think that was a, a probably one of my highlights. I've got a lot of mates at Leicester fans as well, so I might be biased, but, um, yeah, I really enjoyed that win. Uh, Villa, I know the Villa are away because I bombed the all week before giving it the big one, wasn't it? All week he was giving it. And then Bamford did that hat trick. Like, and it was a decent hat trick, wasn't it? It was a great I'll never end up getting the goal of the season. I was watching Match of the Day on Saturday and I was livid that not one single Leeds goal made it into really? nomination. Even Jack Harrison at Newcastle, Rafinha at Everton, yeah. none of them even met the shot and stood there. If, if I went back, I'd say. If you put it into context, I think the win at Everton was really good because Everton were on a high then and Leeds were excellent that day because Everton weren't that bad either. But overall, it's a tricky one. I'd say Spurs at home because it was one of the so-called top six done and well done as well. I know Kane was was offside and it was really marginal, but Leeds deserved to win that game by that margin and possibly more actually. So that one probably gave me more pleasure than, than anyone else because... That element that that showed the improvement yeah. on the 
say the first occasions that they played the the so-called top side. So that for me, I thought they were they were great. And and also another one as well, a bit weird, was the Burnley one because I thought the way they absolutely demoralised them away from home was, was fantastic. And some of the passes, I mean, Calvin, that was that was one of the passes of the season. That was that was unbelievable. That to Jack Harrison. So, but so I'd go Spurs at home. I think because that shows that they, that Leeds have definitely arrived and can go better than just surviving in the table. Well, when you said Burnley, there, I thought, I thought you meant their own game. We couldn't string it past together. No, it's just bonkers, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. he was spewing after that, wasn't he? Was uh, was dice. To be fair, though, sometimes those those wins are the ones that you take a bit of satisfaction, but you played like horrendous, and you still like. Yeah. Last season, we'd probably struggled to when we, when we were playing like that. We started struggling to. Uh, we'd get turned over by like your Wiggins or whatever. So maybe sometimes like games like that, you do sort of take a bit of satisfaction and show that they have improved in a sense that they can dig in and yeah. sort of take t- take three points from those sorts of games. But I'd probably say um, like you were saying with the Spurs game, I feel like that was sort of the not necessarily the icing on the cake of the whole season, but I feel like we were building up to that to that point that we were going to turn someone big over. I know we've done Man City, but I feel like doing it in our own own yeah. style. Yeah. But like they they didn't get a sniff all day. And you felt like yeah. you could have had like could have been four, five, or six bats yeah. I think. Did that without Phillips yeah. and Rafinha as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which you know, I people were saying, Can we do it without Phillips? and Cock came in and did a really good job that day actually, didn't it? So I think the Guardian that day uh, <laughs> 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 what Spurs fans I've got a couple of bits as Spurs fans from Wakefield in more places. And uh, you know, they were saying that there's no morale in the team, but you look at that one to eleven. That's a proper team. Yeah. 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 Bale, yeah. Son, Kane up for a time. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was his proper first mm-hmm. 11. But you look at, like, I think I saw the other thing. 15 points we dropped. Wolves both games. Brighton both games. Mm-hmm. Palace away. You know, 10 and 15 points, I think, roughly around that. We would have finished third this season. Crazy. Teams like Brighton and Wolves yeah. both falling away. They're, they're disappointing, aren't they? Yeah, well, yeah. the two Wolves games. Particularly, I think the Brighton games we we never turned up, did we? But two Wolves yeah. games we yeah you'd have, we we battered them, didn't we? First half yeah. at our, our place, we should have been three or four up at half time, yeah. and then you just knew what were coming because that's that's exactly how they play. Just sort of second half team, grab a goal, and yeah. blend the away, and, and away injured Phillips in the process yeah. as well, didn't they? Him and did, yeah. Both yeah. yeah. yes. their goals were horrendous as well. Yeah. Yeah. One was a deflection, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. one was Triore's. Cross the goal. goal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do all of that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's the thing. If you look at those those middle yes. of the table teams, you know Leeds can sort out the bottom teams, no problem, but just grab a few results yeah. against them and then you know you're going to probably get another couple better results against some of the top sides. Yeah. There's your improvement for me for next season. Yeah, absolutely. Finishing third for next season. <laughs> 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 Do you know what? I just want to look at the, think of the table next season. I think if you can improve points... Then, then fine and improve performances against them, the harder sides and, and a couple of the middle side then that would be even if it meant finishing 10 I think that's that's improvement for me mm-hmm. we're going on the European top okay. do you think so <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been telling all, I've been telling Nice since start of the season that it's uh, a bit of a fraud league <laughs> no, no one believes do you think so no <laughs> you believe it, you look at the Wolves and the Brighton and the Palace Oh, yeah. It's frustrating looking back now at the end of the season because you could have seen where we could have finished if yeah. we were 
turned over them very, very it's like, parties. It's like Palace away, wasn't it? And, yeah. And stuff like the place like that. I just think it, we, when you bring something different, I don't think, especially when you've got Bielsa as your manager, and you, I, I think we just brought something different, and I don't think teams were sort of ready for it. And that's why we, I, we might have caught some teams out, but I think it showed by the end of the season that's probably not the case. I think we've just got that's, that's something a little different that people well, don't understand. Saying. do you not feel we sound like Sheffield United fans this time? Last season. Because, you know, you listen to all the phones and big see and Sheffield. They're all in the upset next season's our year. And you look at the predictions at the start of the season by all the journalists, they had Sheffield United in the top six of them this season. You know, because the way they play, plenty fresh air, people don't have to play against us. I'm not saying it's going to happen to us, but I'm saying. Shifting out fans last season were similar to what we are now. I feel like they ended up having a few problems internally, though, didn't they? Because part of Wilder yeah. fell out with like their owner and stuff, so I don't think that's going to happen here. You, you hope anyway. Yeah. But I don't know, I just think like, we've got something different. I think it's just. It's more the style of the player. Yeah. Breath of fresh air, teams don't have to compete against us, compete against them. They have all the lack of centre backs. Mm. Just didn't work from this season. Mm. That's my only worry. My only worry is that like, we've had a very strong. End of the season, and if we had another 10 games, my goodness me, yeah, goodness me, where we would have finished. The thing is, with the Sheffield thing, so a team that's built a bit like Leeds over a period of years, yeah. if you like, you know, League One League Championship, yeah. Yeah. same manager in the place, yeah, you know, owner that was seemed to be prepared to let them do his thing. The key thing for me, that, and I think this is what will be different with Leeds, was recruitment. I mean, what did they do really? Callum Robinson swapped for Ollie Burke and then a desperate measure to get Booster in when it was too late and he didn't perform. Um, look, I know there was more than that as well. I think the difference is for me is if, if you want to compare the same, there's a lot of elements that are the same and the element of surprise may have gone and for the opposition, I still think Leeds will hurt everybody, you know, left, right and centre to be quite honest, but I think they'll get the recruitment Right, yeah. whereas Sheffield United didn't, and recruitment, I've got behind, is everything. And they've they've done it well with the four sort of guys that they brought in. They're the right types of characters, and I think that's where Victor deserves credit. When the pass has been hammered at times, yeah. but I think you know, crucially, when it's really boiled down to it, they've got it right. You can tell Lorente's a good sort, Cox's a good sort, Rodrigo's a good sort, and Rafinha is, is is loving it. And you think just on them alone, you know, they've got it right. Well, well players right against the tactics and style. Of yeah. 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 Those other teams just buy players for names on ability and potential. Yeah. Like Laurentiis coming in and played exactly like they've all I don't think any of them struggle to settle in really. They have a bad risk off field with yeah. Rodrigo. Yeah. You've seen when he's coming now, far and far at the end of the year, starting to get on the games. Instantly picking up because their their style of play matches the tactics and the else's way of playing as well, which is I guess it's key, really, isn't it? Because it is. Yeah. You don't have that transitional period. You just sit straight in. We saw that with Rente. As soon as he could fit and play, yeah. You know, normally it takes some players ten games to get going. 
interesting. It's like I work in Sheffield, so I've got like Sheffield United fans and Sheffield Wednesday fans are here at the minute going, oh, are you going to do Sheffield United and go down next season? But I think you've just got to look at, like you say, the recruitment and you only have to look at the passion in Orta's speech during the um, end of season awards, how passionate it is about the, about the team and the club as a whole and I just can't see us doing that next season. I think, like you say, the, the, who we've brought in and who we're looking to bring in, I think easily going to be pushing up there next season so yeah it won't sign anyone for the sake of it will no. it you know, no. it'll have to be the right person who you know fits into the system Bielsa wants you know it's not a case of oh let's sign Brewster we need a striker how much we got yeah give him it um, you know there will be some there'll be a lot of thought that's gone into it I'm sure and they'll know what positions that we need um, and the type of player that we need so I think I think we're sorted in that place. I think, yeah. you know, we probably are a couple of players away from hopefully improving again. I think just to calm that down, I think, uh, <laughs> I think, I think they, they expected a lot of a kid, basically. They, they, they needed goals and they thought, we need some wonder kids mm. to sort of come in and grab goals. And it's a lot of pressure to put on. Because mm. yeah. they, they last season, they scored, what, one or two goals max again. That's that's where you're eventually probably going to go come unstuck. And the bottom striker didn't buy anyone to help him sort of yeah. create those chances. Yeah. I think that's where we'll be different. We we can create chances from all over the field. I think they they were sort of not one dimensional, but if they didn't win a game one 0 they you obviously yeah. you end up going yeah. unstuck eventually and just the luck run out. Because um, Bournemouth did it with that Don Solanke as well, didn't they? Mm. they shelled out a lot of money on him and ended up going down and stuff. So I think you know it's you can kind of show that we've gone abroad. Mm. something to look for our players and it's worked in that respect because you can look domestically and think he's a talent but like Matt said it's a lot of pressure to for a kid to go and score enough goals to keep him in the Premier League yeah. you know less pressure if you're up at the top and you get you know you, you, you don't have to worry about going down there's not too much expectation on you and I think there's a big difference there and I think that's where we have got it right you know say by being priced out for Ben White for example um you know, and not going all in to get him. I'm yeah. not saying he's a player, brilliant player, but you know, look, we got Urente for how much? How much? Yeah, he's seventeen and twelve thirty. So you get two exactly. players for for one real. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and Germany, yeah. So. and and, and vers- both versatile like, as well. You know, in the same way Ben White was saying, yeah. And I think with that point you make there as well about, I think Leeds will still a march when you look out around Europe because I think. Victor seems to be on it more than other sporting diet or directors of football. You know, getting Rafinha, being able to move for Rafinha, it wasn't just Rafinha coming available, which was amazing, isn't it? but being able to move and convince him to do it yeah. was brilliant. And at the same time, you go and get Rodrigo back up signing, well, not the same time, but, but earlier. So I think he's he's got ins. So in a depressed market where everybody will be looking abroad to try and get the next Rafinha, what have you, more so than ever before, I, I feel comfortable that Leeds could be first. Yeah. Or second, at least, in, in, in the pecking order to get these players. The three of us getting set to play Champions League this season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's yeah. Nice. yeah. We're from all Premier League team. Man, that really. Seems to get years out of big time. Mm. A lot of convincing there. I just think how upset we were about Dan James. Hi, I'm Johnny Alson. I'm a big fan of the writing the Gary Kelly's podcast. Thanks for that, Johnny. And in case you have missed it, you can listen to our full interview with a fan's favourite and former captain, Johnny Alson, for free now on all the major podcast platforms. Now, there's obviously been a huge team performance this season, not just from you know the starting 11s, 
been fairly straightforward. I think we've had the, the least number of players used in the whole league. Um, but every man could have potentially been up for player of the season to an extent. So, you know, aside from the likes of Bamford, Dallas, Melia, Rodrigo coming in there at the end of the season and doing really well, who's really stood out for you this season? I think it's hard, isn't it? Because you can easily pick four, well, probably five, six, seven players, couldn't you? I think we keep, we keep we said it like every time I think that we've been on the podcast that it seems to have gone up. Every, every game seems to go up another level. And this can play four or five positions now very well he's not just a, a, a well whatever he was before <laughs> we don't even we can't remember what position he used to play but he, he's <laughs> left wing he, he's as good as a left back as he is a centre mid as he is a right back now so if anyone he's effectively like a sort of a floater where you can just go right just stick him a right back this week and he'll do and he'll be as good as what Luke Halen is you know what I mean like in the sense that if someone is injured he'll he's still in the starting 11 but he's going in and out yeah, yeah but like he's but he's better than that if you know what I mean oh, like he's, he's, oh yeah yeah me and Lucy were talking about him the other night and you're comfortable with him playing anywhere I put him up top you play him up top don't you? he's got a He's got a finish on him, he's got pace, he's got technique, he's got it all, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think the modern day footballer now, like Aliossi's an example, he used to be a winger, converted to a left back. A lot of them need to do it now, and you've seen a lot of them are doing it, a lot of modern day footballers. And um, Dallas is a prime example, and I think James Milner was that kind of oracle, he was the guy who yeah. kind of invented that in a way, really, wasn't it? At, at top level, anyway. Um, and seeing Dallas now, he, he, whenever he plays, you're comfortable. And he strikes a good partnership with whoever he's playing with yeah. as well, which I, is which is good I, to I, see. I, for months, I think he's been you know straight yeah. ahead in, in in the ratings, and I know yeah, I'd like to do a short list of eight, you know, and, and that just sums up anybody could have won it really, but he wins it. For me, why he wins it as well is that we spoke to his teammate at Crusaders, Sean O'Neill, who was the, the goalkeeper there, and he said, look, I knew he was cut out for moments like at Man City when he scores the winner and what have you, but what I didn't think he'd do this season was light up the Premier League, and I think that for me is why he, he wins it, is that he has been, and we've said this all season, 9 out of 10 every week, and much as all the other players have often been 9s, and, and even, even Calvin's had just as good a season as, as any other. But he's been exceptional in an exceptional side, and that's why he deserves it for me. I, I just—it's hard yeah. to look beyond it. It's hard to make a case beyond him, you know. And I think over there were those many. Guys. Previous seasons, we were struggling to even nominate one player. Yeah, we were going to yeah. give it to Lucas the Cockcat because <laughs> yeah. it, it, you didn't want to give it to a player because he, no one was really good enough to earn it. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big accolade to be Legion United's Player of the Year. And gone by the last sixteen years, there's some players that genuinely didn't deserve it. Mm. Dallas is a player to deserve it, but like you said, you could have eight nominations just for that, and you you could have given it to Bamford, and we all been sat here now saying, well, you know, mm. any of them are unlucky to get it. Yeah. So they all deserve it, yeah. really, don't they? So yeah, it's been a great season for them all, really. I think the, the best testament we can give to Dallas is that when you play left back, starting to see the left back, and you think him, take him out of left back, and think, oh. Now, who was going to play left back? But then went into midfield. Now, I wasn't concerned. I knew he'd do well. But I can't believe how good he did in midfield to the point where he'd think he'd play centre mid all his life. He was coming into the Premier League and played against, obviously, some of the central midfielders you play against in the Premier League at world class. And he was he was beating them all in terms of his running, his technical ability. Um, 
you know, he's going to get back, getting forward, and he was doing everything. And the fact that he won that goal of the season as well, um, not because it was the best strike that you'll ever see, but because it was 90th minute after playing the same end for ages, bursting forwards and going past John Stones, who's just been sauntering up the field for, you know, 80 minutes, not doing much, and, you know, he's gone and finished it off, and that is probably why he won it, um, yeah. because of his sheer effort and what he'd done there. And I think that is, you know, the biggest compliment you can give to him. Do you know what I like about him as well? Is that he's, he's, like, learnt skills by defending. A couple of seasons ago, I think he was... I think it was Bristol City away. It might, might, might not have been that one. But he was getting done on the left side. Then he had to go on the right side. And they brought, I think they brought Berardi in at left-back. And he was struggling to learn how to defend. And then within a season, he's gotten, like, one of the most consummate defenders in the, in the division. And that... That in itself is, is huge. He's like, he comes as a winger, didn't he? And he was seven out of ten, you know, for a season and a half or so. I think that's probably something people don't pick up on a lot. That everyone yeah. focuses on Bielsa's attacking side, but I don't think a lot of people have actually picked up how good of a defender some of them are now. Mm. But I remember a time when Luke Ayling used to get beat with a winger always used to run round his back at, under Christensen. It happened at, yeah. like game after game. You don't really see it often now. You don't really see him getting beat for pace either. I know he's not the quickest, but like a lot of them are like like that. Yeah. No one really talks about how how well some of them. It's how well coached they've yeah. been. That's yeah. the thing, isn't it? That's what about the, the analysis team. Then do you know how many how many people are involved? Because there's got to be there's got to be an <laughs> army of them. Sure. Well, no one called it fifty cents in his entourage. Like yeah, it is. Yeah. The amount of analysis that they have to do on each individual player. And it's got to be a big there is, team. I mean, fair enough. One of them left their um uh, like portfolio thing behind after the game at Southampton. Did it explode? Okay. <laughs> Did it explode 10 seconds? Did it? <laughs> it was all in Spanish, so we didn't mean anything oh. to it. So we handed it back in. But there's, there's when we were on the gantry, Ellen Road, there used to be two up there, and then, but then there's a load obviously down yeah. in around them, and then there was at various there was one of the other sides of the ground. So we've never met them all in one go, but it's quite a, you know, it's quite a good entourage that he has, but. You know, just the only goalkeepers. I mean, Marcus Abad's been there a good while, hasn't he? Um, in terms of coaching, but then Alessandro Baccarini's there too. So in a certain areas, there's quite a lot of coaches. But Alice, I think there's, there's there's a lot, and I think he uses quite a lot of interns as well to help mm. out. But it's it's a bit we haven't been to Phil Park since since the first lockdown. Mm. So, but it's a busy old place when you go up. There's, there's, there's a lot of laptops going there, going yeah. mad. So yeah. very secretive, isn't it? Yeah, but he will. And not talk about Jonas so much, but he will invite other coaches to come and have a look at his training and stand outside a fence with um, alleged bolt cutters and, uh, and so he doesn't, you know, he's he's it, it's not a secret for him as such, but you know he's got a, yeah. a big team, but they, I think they I think there's only waste in it. I think they all work incredibly hard, um, like we've known from the beginning. You know, they, I mean, it's in, that is intense. You can feel the intensity when you're there. You were lucky enough to be in that press conference, wasn't you? Yes, yeah, the Spygate one. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, I'll never forget it, because it was Catherine Hannah's first day, but I worked with her first day back from <laughs> maternity leave after her first child. And I was glad that there's somebody else there to sort of witness it and, and get it all down on social media as well. But I mean, that just showed you, didn't the, yeah. 
I reckon that day was the day where loads of chairmen, owners of clubs, whatever, must have turned and thought, why doesn't my manager, head coach, do that? I'm being cheated and these fans are being cheated. We should say that, because we remember Derby County advertised publicly on their social media, didn't they, on their website, for data analysts about two weeks after that whole thing. <laughs> 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 we, well, we, we saw it and tweeted it out, didn't we? We spotted it. So yeah, a lot of clubs do it now, so he's kind of a trailblazer for that, isn't it? Yeah, but nobody does it like him, because he just, it's, it's, it's like a religion for me, he just, it, it's everything that he does, you know, it's 24-7 it's with him and his, and that's what he expects from the people around him, I think. Yeah, I think that's a really big point, that, you know, and we asked him quite early on, well, how do you get your message, not least because it's not in English, you know, to most of the players who are English, but... It's right down to like the length of video, the time, like you said, people can't cope with more than like it's 12 minutes, he said. So it's all thought of because, yeah, you can have the best info in the world, but how do you disseminate it to people and bring, yeah, and make it worthy? That's, that's the thing. So he obviously gets the right info, but he's able to, the biggest skill he has for me is he gets it across. And he says he does that via into hearts, heads and, and, and the physique of people that's his, and in emotion that's how he, you get your message across to, to players and he's, so it doesn't phase him that he doesn't do it in the, in the local language because he knows he can do it in, in other ways which is, which is incredible really So as always we popped it on social to get some thoughts from you guys on the season uh, first up it's Howard Baker um, and he says, written off by some of our own fans, um, one day they'll learn. Hopefully next season they'll get behind the manager and players every game, regardless of who's in the first 11. All right, Howard, nice and positive. Uh, Tessa Smith says, going to miss Pablo Berra and here's hoping Johnny doesn't join them. I think Lucy would agree with that one. And what you won't know, Popey, is Matt tries to catch me out every week with some fake names. And this week I've spotted it straight off. So I'm just going to go with it. P. Ennis says, we're not dicking around with the bottom half. We've not spoken about Alioski, have we? Lucy, while we've got you. This is Alioski's number one half. Phone case, wallet. Commemorative coins. Oh, brilliant. I don't think it's cut and dried. Do you not dice? Didn't dice drop a hint? Even Orta was saying he didn't know, and then Dallas at first said he didn't know what was happening, and then obviously drops his name in with Berra and Pab. So yeah. I'm not convinced he's leaving yet. I'm it's still, I still keep it. Has he been offered the contract and he's not signed? That's that, not they have to. I think legally they've got to offer <laughs> yeah. the contract has to be a process. Otherwise they they've got to offer. Yeah. So they. They have, but whatever that is, I don't. That is, I don't know whether it's a year, then it's two, I don't know what money it is. Or how. Like we all know the scenario for him. He's what thirty time around, isn't it? Yeah. So you're thinking if somebody comes in, regardless of who they are, which I know is contentious as to who it might be, but if they offer him three years and it's his final big deal, then as a professional sort your family out for the rest of your life, that sort of stuff, then then maybe go. Well, could he get Champions League football somewhere else? Mm -hmm. 
he's going to get Euros football because he's been at Leeds and obviously I mean he was, would have been in the Macedonia side anyway wouldn't he I, yeah. I would have thought but is he hanging out to see if there's as a good Euros and something else come in is he head, is he playing you know both sides at the moment I don't know but there's, there's clearly interest elsewhere um, in him but I don't know he's not going to play unless injury or whatever he's not going to be the first choice next year I'd be if they don't bring in mm. the left back and I know Perot's the one that they, they talk about yeah. at Brest isn't it I'd be amazed if, if he starts the season as the number one choice I think well, when Alioski if it weren't for Bielsa It'd be nowhere near. They wouldn't even be mentioning Champions League and Alioski in the no. same sentence. Would he go to another Premier League club? No. no. I think the same as trouble. I think you. I think. I think you've had a, a, a word in his ear as well to cause him a bit of, bit of trouble, won't you, at the start of the season? The thing with Pepe at Arsenal, mess, <laughs> messing around with the camera as well and how you TV seems to calm down. And I, I kind of think his agent might have just had a little word in his ear and said, look, if you want a big contract somewhere else, big European club, stop being a little, stop being a little yeah. yeah. But it just seems to have, and I think his performances have been, it's that classic second half season when a player is after a new contract somewhere else, they become a world beater. And I think Alioski, he's probably played the best football he's ever played at Leeds United this last six months. Yeah, I mean, a bit like team he's been brilliant and then had a bad one at Brighton you know, yeah particularly but but he has been excellent against you know really tough sides he's been super I don't look you gotta remember he arrived with a cam his own camera crew didn't you remember <laughs> he followed around and it was uh, overhead kicks on the edge of his own penalty and all that sort of stuff he's been turned into like a really you know capable Premier League player mm. and I don't think that's going to happen anywhere else for him in this country. I really don't. And it, like so many of the players, Bielsa's got the best out of them, and only Bielsa will get that out of them, I would have thought. And not that you say would try any less anywhere else, but I just think tactically he's got him just right. So has he behaved any differently? Has he calmed down? I wouldn't say. I think he's still the same guy. Do you know, I think he's actually really intelligent. We know he's multilingual. He's, he is clued in for all his madness or mayhem that he causes. He is. He is clued in so maybe he's just been a bit clever about the whole situation at the moment but would he want to spend one more a bit, a bit like a Pablo scenario he's got another he had another year on his contract but he wants to go and play football and he's got family stuff obviously the third channel coming how much of that is is in Alioski's mind that he just needs to go and play regular somewhere else but mm. saying that he's had a good old run this year so he's got they've got to be dislodged first if he does stay sure. you know Put himself in the shop window, that's for sure. Yeah, it? definitely. Yeah. And that's just his hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> You're loving that thing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Don Matteo, and when I'm sat in the rock bar having a pint, there's nothing better than reading and listening to Rides in the Gary Kelly's I've got a, I've got a game. Excellent. Got me. Black hook here, Daniel. But Jackie Charlton's black Yeah, it's actually mm -hmm. wish imagine that. Imagine all of that. That could be um, finding Jack Charlton film. Yes, yeah, so watch the other week, yeah. Scribbles from it, doesn't it? Mm. Brings it to life, it's classic out. Do I play your cards right? I don't know. Did you not appearances? I say play it, might have appearances. You can say hi on the I don't know how we're gonna play it this week. Six of us or five. <laughs> Maybe if you get it wrong, you're out. Yeah. yeah. No. All right, yeah. we'll just wing it. First time we've done this. <laughs> all right, okay. Just Leeds United appearances. Leeds United appearances. So obviously, Wikipedia is not the front of all knowledge. No. Can't be incorrect. <laughs> so we'll start with. You look classy, can you? <laughs> <laughs> that made it right anyway. 
So you've got Richard Neal left. I've got him at the current squad. No one really is history, yeah. Richard Neal, former captain. Oh. He made 73 appearances. Did Lewis Cook make oh. higher or lower than 73? Yeah. Kicking off a bit something. We're going for a tough one. Uh, yeah. 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 We just want to shout out. Yeah. Yeah. So made 73. Did Lewis Cook make more or less appearances? Yeah. So Dave, you were at Millwall last night on the yeah. hockey day? Did that Lewis Cook? He must have played nearly every game since then. It was a five six game, that wasn't it? We were shit. Yeah, he, he literally carried. Yeah, but then. I think when you left. Well, maybe the next one, mate. I'll be out by then. He couldn't leave when Monk came in. Going to early in the season. One is Steve Evans. I think everyone wanted to leave after Steve. He was there when Hockey Day was there. I remember that. I remember that first game in Middlesbrough. Cookie play. I'm sure Cookie said actually. It was definitely there the year after. Yeah, I'll say more. I'll say more. I think more. Yeah, more. Collective more. Richard Neal made 73. Lewis Cook made 85. It's okay. Lewis Cook on 85. Did Jermaine Beckford make more or less appearances than Lewis Cook? Oh, really? Yeah. Two. Who is it? Stone Fork, remember? And Carlisle, mate. Yeah. So Lewis Cook's on 85. Main Beckford make more or less appearances. Yeah, I'm going to go lower. Oh. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to lock in your first answer. <laughs> so we've got two lowers. 85 that appearances, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I am going to... I feel like it's sure it's higher. I feel like he has three seats. Yeah, I'm going to say higher. I feel higher. like higher. Yeah, I feel like higher. Daniel? Higher, yeah. I feel like him. So Lewis Cook, 85, Jermaine Bedford, 146. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bit out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like he had like three or four seasons. I think that first one just threw me out. Yeah. It's unfortunate Lucy and Vicky are out. <laughs> so Jermaine Bedford on 147. Is Stephen Warnock oh. have more or less appearances than Jermaine Bedford? Less. Less. Yeah. Unanimous less? Yeah. You're correct. 67. Yeah. 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 You're on a 50-50. We should have spoke first. It's more than I thought to be fair. That's like early two seasons, isn't it? Yeah. Stephen Warnock, 67. Olivia Decor. More. Ooh, oh, gosh. Jesus, we're going to have Olivia Decor as well. <laughs> I'm going to go less. Yes, I agree. 67, Stephen Warnock. Olivia Decor. Now you've got to think Decor. I'm going to lock in your first I'm going, I'm going less. I'm saying less. Less? Yeah. You're going to go with the... Yeah. I mean, I can't remember it. I'll probably about four. Oh, come on. Don't do a loose on us. So, Stephen Warnock, 67. Unfortunately, Olivia Decor made 81 of you. Really? I'm still got another 10. 
<laughs> Everyone back in. That's one for the uh, Monday Night Club. Actually, yeah. Got an 81. I like to call it. I think we caught the Champions League. Yeah. See when you think you played what? Two seasons plus you went for cup. Ah, I thought about it a little bit more, but actually, you've got a lot of games on Twitter. Yes. forward to next season then as it's going to be here before we know it who's in who's out we know that Berra and Pablo are gone um if you believe some of the comments from Stuart Ellis the other night then Johnny's potentially on his way out as well does sound like we've offered him a new contract though um are there questions around Roberts you know does he go out on loan anybody else you expect to go Casilla hopefully yeah. Yeah. I think he showed faith in him didn't you mm. towards the end of the season mm. I think if that was a player that was leaving I don't know how to put him in the shop window. I think he backs him. It's a big wage. Big wages to not not be starting. Well, I mean, probably it probably isn't in as such now. Now that we're big time. But uh, we're 40, 30, 40 grand is it? Yeah, it's a lot of. And especially when Leslie's getting the recognition he is Player of the Year. He's fantastic. You can't bench him next season. Firstly, there's the, there's the argument should the club have got rid of him, and like whatever side of the line you, that that isn't in Bielsa's thinking, is it? Clearly, because he talked about apropos nothing the other day, he just came out and started talking about him. It wasn't even if he was asked about him, but to say how much he's helped Melier become the keeper that he is, how he's coped, with, you know, had the fortitude to cope with the slings and arrows that have come his way after being found guilty for the racism charge. So Bielsa obviously thinks there's some football value in the guy. Personally, I think they need a better keeper as number two in case I'm out to Melier and to push Melier even further because I don't think Cassie is good enough. I mean, he's handled himself fine football-wise in the last couple of games, I would say, but I don't think he's... I, I, I think it's an area they need to strengthen. I wouldn't say it's crucial, but the way Bielsa was speaking the other day, you almost thought, was he saying goodbye on his behalf for Cassie yeah. to go... In the summer. I've not heard anything to say that is the case, but it did seem a bit random that he suddenly talks about an incident that he hasn't talked about really at all. Mm. And he went into quite quite big length to say how he'd not been forgiven by many and that he'd sort of basically done his time for the for the crime, if you like, whether you thought he was guilty or not. But he clearly thinks he's he's someone that's got got value mm. to be around the club. And he has consistently said that as well. So um but football-wise, my interpretation is that I think they need somebody better. To be quite honest, I think if he's got, I think if Bielsa thinks he's got value and he's good for certain players around him, then why not keep Hernandez on that sentiment as well? But he wanted to, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. You know, it makes me wonder. I think personally, I think uh, Capril, the under-23 keeper, has been getting rave reviews as well. Mm. Uh, for me, I think he'd be a great understudy. But two young keepers. I just think it's, uh, he just needs a, a fresh start. Well, he once said he wanted to play football himself, doesn't he? And well, so he if you're going to do that, then, then go and do it. Well, he's been the number two all his career. He kept the leads to number one. You know, there's his chances, isn't it? I think at times he's shown why he has been the number two all his career because he's made some terrible things. Sometimes he just throws himself on the floor, doesn't he? And, yeah. and like these last few games, he's, let's be honest, he's not really been tested at all, has he? I don't, I don't say really. 
He's put a few decent saves, but you'd expect that from a keeper of his so-called quality. But he's not really being tested. I think when the back's against the wall, that's when he don't show. Like Crawley was, he wasn't mm. great. Then. I remember I mean, Brentford. Brentford that we just yeah, yeah give up the derby games. It's too many to do, man. I think you just need a fresh start away from this football club. I think he needs. They can come mm. to some sort of agreement with his contract. You see it a lot in modern day football now. It's very rare that players sit on 40 grand a week for five years like they used to do. Yeah, he's got what two more to go, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I guess the other side of it though, if you do think of it from a financial point of view, is is that if you're gonna bring someone in as a backup, they're gonna be what they're probably gonna be a maybe a similar age. You're not gonna get someone who's mid twenties happy to sit on the bench, are you? So you're probably gonna be commanding someone who's probably on quite a hefty mm. so anyway so from a financial point of view the club might be thinking well he's on 40 well 30 40 grand whatever the figure is they might be thinking well we could end up getting rid of him and just bringing someone in on 50 60 70 grand who's just going to sit on bench some 35 year old who's here for the sort of the last paycheck so i guess from that point of view they might just end up with someone basically the same sort of calibre so maybe that's what they're thinking but you, you just don't know do you? God damn. Yeah, it's not gone well, has it, for, yeah. for him? Basses with the club. Yeah. <laughs> Quaverous. 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 <laughs> but look, there's talent at the club in the goalkeeping department. Dan Hoyville as well, I think he's thought, thought well of too. So so in that sense, it's coming through. But I think Premier League, another season, I still think you do need a really good kick. But is it on my list of priorities? It's probably about fourth for me, yeah. I would say, at the moment. If they kept things as they were, but that's that's because you a you're hoping that Melly is going to carry on in the same vein and keep improving, and that he stays fit for the whole season. Which you know, no reason why a goalkeeper should get you know any more into than anybody else or any less. But I think uh, he has been outstanding. I, I didn't know whether he could do it over the whole season, to be honest. Yeah. And consistency-wise, and he's got better and better. Yeah. I guess the only worry with Melly is that if he does drop an absolute clanger say in one game next season and it obviously affects him mentally he is still a young kid isn't he yeah. and sometimes you do have to drag him out but I do think this year he has shown that if he has made a few mistakes he's been big enough to sort of that's the only thing that sort of doubt in my mind is that if one one week he does sort of drop an absolute clanger and it sort of lives with him for a few weeks it's quite hard you can't escape as a goalkeeper can you mm. it's, it's the only position that you sort of feel like on your own so I, yeah, I guess that's it. If we let go, then it's always a striker don't make mistakes. He misses chances. Well, when, when was his? When was his? The worst times for me probably about Palace away game where yeah. we had that mm. knack of stepping off his line and being caught, mm. and he got, he got yeah, or, and then step forward too often, or he'd step back too often, and it cruise him, and that was the worst time. But if that's as bad as he's yeah. bad as he's been, no. not really. There was one Ellen Road one there early on. It might have been not Palace away, I might have been Palace away, but there's one at Ellen Road where it might have been the Wolves game he did that, but they, they step off the given their score. That was the one that came off Phillips' head, yeah. so it might not have been that. Which one was it now? There was a game at Ellen Road earlier on and he did that stepping off his line. Yeah. Miles out of his goal. But, but not, you wouldn't say he's had a no. rick in him or anything like that. No, that's what I was sort of meaning. 
you just don't know if that comes along, do you? You just don't know how it will affect him. But, but, but he, he has, he has can't bounced, yeah. He would have had one, though, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the games he's played yeah, for the season, like, so... He's been outstanding. Yeah. I And he might get a chance at the end of this month, might he? Because there's an injury to in the 20... I mean, it's crazy. He'd had a 21s cap, yeah, isn't it? I mean, like, I mean there's some talent there in, in between the sticks and fronts, but... Yeah, nothing wrong. He, obviously, they were playing in uh, League 2. Didn't get many games today, and then they obviously got snapped up by Leeds. And think of um, last season, he only got a handful of games last season, really, didn't he? When Kiko got injured, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, about 10. Well, when he got banned. Arsenal yeah. FA Cup game, yeah. he made his first team of the game. And then it was away from then on, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And he was, he was excellent. I think his distribution is brilliant. Like the way he clips it off his feet is yeah. like he's, and it's quick thinking once he's once in possession. How many goals he's scored from you know breakaways and the edge of the penalty area? It's been, been again. That's another example of a player playing to be Elsa's way of tactics and it's like fitting in. I think he's learned from his mistakes as well. Where sometimes he has goggles on the ball, but you know to find that pass yeah. when every now and then when you haven't got that side, he's he's sent it a bit longer sometimes and you know try to find yeah. someone on his way, but he's actually. You know, he's, he's worked out that actually yeah. when I'm overthinking it, try to find something there or there. That's mm. when I got caught on the ball. Leicester at home with Vardy, they caught him out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 You know, just ah, when yeah, he was true. a little that was bit earlier hesitant. Wrong, and then since then, his distribution has been yeah. even better in terms of that. The mistakes haven't been there, but he's still finding his man. And like I say, quick break away, he's always on it. I think he's been brilliant. Better than anyone would have probably thought. Mm. On the flip side, then, what do you mention that um, people would be falling from your practice? Yeah, um, I think left back. I think we all, well, I think we all agree that that's that's required. I don't think it's enough to rely on Dallas or or Alioski, depending on where he's going to go. I think they do need somebody there. So that's one for me. I think the fact that the Queen since broke down. And that they never really went there and got a central midfielder, preferably for me, one with a left peg as well. I think that's another area too. I think there's been signs and click, hasn't there, that can he cope again with a full, full season? Although I thought he came back brilliant for those two games before he's been given his enforced sort of holiday. But I think that's that's an area. I would love to say another striker, but I just don't see it happening with him. So what I want and what I think will happen will be two different things. Because I think. Rodrigo, obviously, we see can do the nine because of the way he finishes. Yeah, but then what happens at 10? So, you know, Pablo, we could say Pablo's gone, but he's only started four games. So it's not like they've gone, oh my God, what are they going to do at 10 now? Does he see Gelhart coming in there this season? Does he see Rodrigo being there, fit Rodrigo behind Bamford? I, was gonna I would that. like another striker. I would like another striker yeah. at the club to be quick. So that would, would be my three. But I really think two would happen, but I'm not sure whether the third one would happen. You, you interviewed Rodrigo, didn't you, quite early on yeah. this season, and I think you asked him what's his preferred yeah. position, and he said playing off the striker, and that yeah. surprised me because obviously Valencia and Spain, he was the main man, mm. and when he came in in the summer, we all thought he was going to be leading the line, and Bamford was playing no. second fiddle, and then he won until you interviewed him, and then he said, "Oh, I prefer playing off yeah. the striker." And and he can do, but yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure how keen he is on the, the tracking back, but that will come once he get. I mean, saying that before he hit, got COVID, he was. Yeah, I thought he was brilliant. You know, he really was showing everything that you want to see from a BLC player, and I think we'll see that again. But I think the way with the first two players that required by BLC and the way he finished the season off and finished in those games, they 
is he going to think, oh, we need to go and get a Lord knows how much you have to pay to get another striker. That would probably sit on the bench. It's a bit like getting a defensive midfielder, top class. They would sit on the bench behind Catalan. And he knows that Robin Cotter can come and do that yeah. anyway. So I just I don't see it happening, but just as an insurance policy, I think it'd be great to have a recognised striker. Yeah. Who I don't know, but Greenwood, Gellhart, they're, they're ready to Yeah, come. I mean, Gellhart's been injured, hasn't he, at the back end of the season? Yeah. And I think it's been a real shame because you wonder whether you might have just got like first a, team sniff of him, and, and he has looked amazing. And Greenwood as well, and their parts has been excellent, hasn't it? So, um, I mean, that's the, I'd say the one where the academy's been brilliant for years, but it hasn't really produced a goal scorer, has it really? I think now there's a chance that they've brought a couple of players in that can, all right, they haven't been there since they were six, seven years of age and they've been coming more recently, but I think what they've done there, that they they might have the, the goals there that they required and they could be they could be seeing them within a year, hopefully. Alan Smith, last year. Oh, that's Yeah, you actually think... Uh, it's like Don Paulion, Tom Elliott, yeah. Edmondson. But as yeah. a pure striker, yeah, yeah. I'd say that's Smithy. the one area that's, that's, that they haven't, but yeah. elsewhere... Galore. I mean, like overall, it's been fantastic, and it continues to be yeah. that way, doesn't it? So, I'm just thinking, like Roberts, what's going to happen with him next season? Like, I think at the start of the season when he was coming on, it was sort of a bit like he wasn't really taking them chances, and then he had a good run, I think, near the end of the season, and you could see that there is a, there's talent there, and there's a player in there, but. I don't know, I, I can't, obviously can't see him starting next season if we're going to be bringing people in, but I think you just saw the way Bielsa reacted to his goal last week, how much he loves loves Tyler, and I think he will be here next season. I know a lot of people are shouting for him to be sold on or to go out on loan and get some championship playing under his belt, but um, I think looking at the way Bielsa looks at him and how he celebrated last week, I think he'll be around next season. and. Yeah, it's a tough one with Tyler. I'm, I'm, I, don't, I can't decide what, what's going to happen with him. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So yeah. young. I think he's been around for Yeah. It's quite tough when you put, like if, if we if we do want to sign another number ten, you have decisions elsewhere. Then like we've got, you, you then think, well, what do you do with Rodrigo and Bamford? Like one of them has to make way. So then you start to think, before we end up getting there. Yeah. Well, I do think a out and out quick replacement is probably quite high up. I know the. Kinnear mm-hmm. uh, sort of said the worst, genuinely sniffing around Rodrigo de Paul, weren't the last year, but they were completely priced out. Obviously, like we were saying with the Cleveland stuff, I think we'd add, I think we will be looking for a number number eight, yeah. probably. And I guess yeah. it, no, I reckon, yeah. no, I reckon they've got their targets. Yeah, it's yeah. Like you said earlier, but they don't mess about. No, I don't. They don't they don't do no, they won't. <laughs> right, that's yeah. That's the best thing about us. Yeah. They'll know, but they won't panic back. And they'll have a plan back here. With the Ben White situation, the red table's next to the list. And obviously yeah. you've got the man and they'll have a free. It's like when the manager gets appointed, they have a food you want, and you've got your second, your third, fourth, yeah. and then you get down to your Dave yeah, Hocker days. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I, think I think we'll know that. Yeah. We'd like to think of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, they've probably, probably known since October. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I think a lot of clubs now, don't they, since from like January onwards, like they sort of already. Sniffing around the other one. So. Financial fair play has been relaxed as well for this next season, hasn't it? Through the, the pandemic, so that could make things interesting in terms of transfer fees might start going up. So. Yeah, which is a shame, isn't it? Because you think right now it's been deflated, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the European TV market's been deflated, hasn't it? And you're thinking, well, maybe players' prices will go down and stuff like that. But yeah, look, the, the noise is out of the club. It's been, they've been quite consistent, even with Parag Marate recently saying, look, 
invested 100 million last summer, quarter of which was held the cost out. Mm. You think you think about it, they were paying for him then. Again, a player is he is he going to do it? Yeah, again, yeah, like, it, yeah. personally, I think it'd be better getting another winger, and if they could get something for him, then fine, because I, I don't think he can do it consistently. You've got to pay 11 for Jack Harrison this summer. Well, I, I think that's a bargain. Which is a bargain for his, even if it was 2 million on what yeah. it would have been last year, I think yeah. it's a bargain. Yeah. So, because I think he will be looking at an England if he carries on at an yeah. England place mm-hmm. eventually. So, I could see three players you know, coming in. Maybe not spending as much as last summer, to be quite honest. So, and and the way Prague was saying, he said, "Look, we've invested every last year, and that's a multi-year investment." Mm. I think Angus has repeated something similar recently. So, I don't see mega, you know, mega money going in there. He I says, really don't. Mm. but last year surprised because there was actually yeah. probably more than a thought. It's well, right, all surprised me. But yeah. 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 But I think he'll be. I know people are quite undecided about him. Aren't they? I know. I hope at the back end of the season has changed people's mind. But I think he will be absolutely brilliant next season. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think after you. I think you might have interviewed him when we signed Murphy for a million pound. Yeah, yeah Sam spent a million yeah. pounds. Gosh, and then Sky yeah. jumped from that to Rodrigo uh, at 30, 31. <laughs> you know, and and Murphy. He just couldn't handle the pressure of a million pound player. Yeah, uh, scored on his debut, didn't he, against Brighton? Yeah. And uh, nice love. He always wanted the ball, Luke. You know, even at Rochdale away in that FA Cup, yeah, I thought mm. at least you're wanting the ball. And he didn't have the pay. He had a great passing, didn't he? But I like Luke Murphy. I like Luke Murphy. We obviously Bradford League Cup game when Hockaday got sacked. Yes, yeah. We were there and we got the book in. And he, 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 he lost his edge straight away. He went in and he came straight towards us. Oh, look, he all stayed on your feet. And he jumped off the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think he wanted it. They want the pocket in out, and I think he's. Those are the days of the team. Do you know, but. You mentioned Stephen Warnock there, didn't you? Yes. I'd never think Stephen Warnock said, and he's been as an England international, he was captain for the Leeds as well, wasn't he? He, I met, never forget, he said, look, Dave Hopkins actually has some really good ideas in training and what have you. And this is one with pre-season in, in uh, Santa Cristina. And he said, he's actually got some good good ideas, you know, as a coach. It's there. So, but as a manager, I think, yeah, there's, there's a difference, isn't there? So, yeah, but right. it just shows, that, yeah, yeah, it just, just shows, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, what a different time all that was That's and the really craziness. And Berardi saw it all the way through. Yeah, yeah. From that moment onwards, unbelievable, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah. Big, big question then. In terms of position next season, what are your predictions? I think I said 11th, 12th for this year and we've exceeded those expectations. You know, can we, can we do the same again next year? I'd love to say Europe, but... You've got to look at, like, you've got Arsenal, Everton, who eventually underperformed. Probably Wolves, who have underperformed as well, to, for what they spend, and they're probably going to end up having a little bit of a rebuild this summer. I think there's been a couple of teams, hasn't there? As good as we have been, I think a couple of teams have really underperformed, haven't they? So, like, Spurs eventually dropped off. Yeah. So, I think there are going to be three or four more teams who are sort of in and around the position that we've. So, I think it's going to be a bit harder next season. I think it's inflating every season in the Premier League now. Leicester have thrown themselves in there, you know, ever since they've won the league. If anything, there's a lot of people saying that Tottenham might struggle next season if they lose a lot of players, so will they drop out there? But, it's, like you said, Matt, there's quite a few teams who are battling to be consistently in that top 10 and to get into Europe. And it's, you know, now. No given thing that say like the likes of Arsenal, Tottenham and stuff will be in Europe every season. So I think just going back to the point of like signing players, we're probably one or two 
if you get two in terms of world class players, and obviously it's difficult to sign a world class player, but you know, proper class Premier League player, there's no reason why we can't keep improving. If you look at Bielsa, he's managed to improve everyone every season pretty much. So if you go off that basis again, you know, and they get better again, then theoretically we can go up. But I think it's you've kind of got to be a little bit careful on. You know, this in the championship now where you, you know you can finish in the top six and that like finishing in the top six in the Premier League it will be diff- difficult. You know, I think it's just you've got to take it, split the season up and hopefully not have that big blip, hopefully keep everyone fit and there's no reason why we can't improve. But, you know, we've got to be, like you said, good in the transfer market but also we will go on a blip at some point. It's just getting out of that and hopefully scraping points you know, where we don't play well, you know, like the Brighton games that we talked on about, yeah. and we scrape points out of them, and, you know, we will improve them, I think. We're definitely stronger. I think if you look at Everton, Ancelotti said, what did he say the other day, if you don't want to play for us, mm-hmm. you've, he's got a lot of unhappy players, and yeah. big wages, big transfer fees, and they have that connection at a club like Everton. You expect them to have a big summer. They, they yeah. want it to be a lot higher than yeah. I think so. Yeah, and you look at you look at the camp and the you know you talk about spirit and all these things, which mm. are fairly intangible, but we all know they mean something. And you've got a picture of Palmer's flying to Colombia with a game to go, mm. thumbs up on his private jet. No way, but it would be Elsa have allowed that. I, look, I know he's given enforced holiday to click and stuff, but <laughs> but he wouldn't allow it in that way where it looks like it's taken Mickey out of the club yeah. a bit. And and that's how that's the difference how fan bases feel. These fans feel absolutely. To me, anyway, they feel absolutely secure what's going on, yeah. and they understand that, that what's been done is for the good of the club, rather than necessarily the good of the player, although two are hand in hand, whereas you just think players are leading some clubs a lot more here, and you know who rules the roost, and, and it's Bielsa, you know, really, and because everybody's bought into it, so, yeah, I, I think... In that sense, Leeds will go into the season a lot happier than, than, than most of the clubs, even if they do buy bigger and buy better, if you like. For me, I've always thought 15th this season, so they've absolutely smashed it. So my improvement would be probably quite linear in terms of points rather than places, but honestly, even when they got to 40 points, I thought, can they get 50? That's quite tough. Then I thought, oh, it's going to be about 53, 55. This crazy. So I still think... 15th because obviously we've not won that trophy for two years. <laughs> <laughs> we celebrate finishing yeah, 15th. Yeah, honestly. And a comfortable 15th. Two years to finish 15th. Yeah, yeah. But on, I just thought comfortable 15th, no dramas. Yeah. And it's been yeah. way better than that. But I think even to repeat the points total is going to be tough. Yeah. I do. But wow, you know, if you can get early 60s, who knows? Look at it's it's isn't it? Mm. There's a lot of rebuilding and a lot of clubs. Well, the talk of that, is that going to take anything out? You know, literally, we, well, we're sat at the Peacock now, aren't we? Rebuilding and road and all that starts. And, yeah, how much you've seen it deflect away from certain things. I think providing be able to stage, which I'm convinced he will, yeah. I don't think there's going to be any issues off the pitch that will affect Leeds on the pitch. I think that's the best, he's the mm. best person to have around because there will be no excuses. I sort of had a sad thought the other day that if... If we don't improve next year, would be able to go. At, at, at what point? Because he, he's getting well, be what mid sixties, is he now? Yeah. yeah all so at what point would he call it a day? And I, I don't know. I feel like within him, I think the moment he stops improving the club, I feel like he'll feel mm-hmm. that's the time for him to step aside, sort of thing, and say, "I've put 
sort of done my job. I, in a sense, I don't know. Well, that's sort of the thing that I was thinking the other day. I was thinking if we don't improve on this season, it just makes me feel like that's if that'd be his last. That'd be on Saturday. Yeah. I think the first season when they didn't go up, I wondered, well, does he will he think he's failed? Mm. And I think I learnt more about him in those last few weeks when he said, regardless of whether Leeds are in the Premier League, League One, the Championship. I consider the same thing. He, it, it, it was never about that, and I think that still applies because for him, as long as he can see that he's allowed to improve his squad of players, there's a path for young players, which is massive. To, I think that's huge for him. He talked about it the other day, didn't he? We need to reduce the amount of games we're playing when you're talking about the Super League that, 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 that fell apart, and that it has to be about developing young players and giving more time to that. As long as he's got a club that allows him to do that, I think. Mm then he will feel comfortable and I think regardless yeah. of all the corp- the corporate way this is going to go now because it inevitably it will won't it I, as long as he feels that those values remain and he talked about Rajasani being sort of a football guy at heart rather than just the economics if he thinks that regardless of what everybody else might think or anybody else might think then then he will stay I would imagine it's an enjoyment thing isn't it really that's what it comes down to particularly his age that you know he's got his reputation not that I think he does and I think finally for the first time in his managerial career he's got an opportunity to actually build something mm. new, which he's not had that opportunity as long as he's been at any football isn't it? Leeds. You look at his time at Lazio and Will, they just didn't believe in his in his in his ambition and obviously walked away, what two days at Lazio was it? So you know everything seems to be in place for him to finally build the next I think he wants to finally to practice what the creatures like that. Maybe that makes me laugh when Spurs, Man United fans think, well, let's go get Bielsa. He's on social media. Yeah. He's day, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, would he want to go to a club that's ESL, you know, yeah. as well? So, I, yeah, I think he would. I, I think he would hate that. He, yeah. You always feel like he'd walk, wouldn't he? If, it would be, if he'd have been a manager at Tottenham uh, when all that came out, you almost feel like he would generally have turned his back on him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I also think that. <laughs> Angus has said it a few times that it's it's the old whether it's a car park space that isn't quite right at Thor Park or whether it's a player that they've identified that they've not got that they get both are equally important to him while that is great on one hand it also shows that he could go at any point and but the fact that it's been three years and and all the signs are that it's comfortable here in the way that it's going um, by making people feel uncomfortable by pushing to their limits then if he can do that then I, 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 I probably feel more comfortable this summer than I have in, in any of the previous ones because of that yeah yeah it was the unknown last summer wasn't it we had like you said 15 we generally had no idea yeah. what was going to happen we were completely in the dark last were you fearful I mean I, I, I wasn't particularly going I think it was more I was more fearful just because I've seen what's happened over like the last 15 years in terms of yeah you know like you th- you your automatic thoughts are to think well i'm looking down i'm not looking up 
Um, so for me, I, I never thought we'd get relegated. But even like when we lost a couple of games, I was looking, oh, well, the gap's eight points now. We only have to lose two more and then get right behind it. Yeah, I was looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just like, obviously not all Leeds fans will be like, but the majority of us were probably just naturally just looking down and thinking, yeah. Well, we just need one more win, you know. And I think, it, and it's like you say, even after that, ooh, fine, you know. I, I never looked at the bottom three again. I don't think anybody won another game, did they? <laughs> yes. Um, you know, like we didn't need to worry in the end. But I think, and I think deep down, none of us really did. And, and especially like you say, once we're we're hammering all the teams down at the bottom, you always knew we're not going to get dragged into it. But it's tough to shake it out of you sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was my advice anyway. But. I think it's really easy to throw people away quite quickly as well. So, you know, our expectations, you know, we're joking about what you're doing. Most of us probably want to be happy if we're so good. 13 13th, going to the Premier League for next season. Mm. Yeah. 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 I think that was my biggest fear. I think that was my biggest fear was that we sort of knew that we, were never, we weren't coming back mm. 12 on road this season that you'd be, effectively miss a season and then come back and you'd be back in the championship yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that was basically I feel like that was more people's fear yeah, yeah I feel like that was more because we've effectively been robbed of the entire sort of moment of getting promoted everyone just knew that that was sort of, I think that was more in the back of everyone's minds that the, you could effectively go through a season and be back, be back watching the same old yeah. we do this parking your bus in your in their own eighteen. <laughs> yeah. sort of and we're joined by Profus. I've been lucky enough to, to be there. Yeah, and it's been a very strange experience for you. Yeah, good to be there. Great, well, great to be there, and privileged to yeah. be there. I mean, at the restart at Cardiff when they when they lost. Yes, uh, it was really really weird, and and then of course the few. Now settling, oh my gosh, don't blow it, you know. But uh, they haven't gone into the lockdown doing really well, and then obviously they just they stormed it in the end, didn't they? It was it was great doing it, and he thought, well, you provided a I think you provided a good service. But I think there was, there was a couple of things we've always felt that you hear some commentators or presenters sort of complaining about the cold or conditions like that. I'm thinking. Don't you even go there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, on other national stations, and I thought, don't do it. So there's people I would pay big oh, money yes. to be there and, and, and freeze and watch, you know, a down nil nil draw. Never mind, you know, a romp towards a, a championship. Yeah. I think, I think the the saddest part was, but also great. We're seeing the championship trophy. It was on the goal line. There's a great picture at the cop end before the, the game began. And then you're thinking, oh, how good would it be just for fans to see get done with this? And then Liam's putting it in the sky. Yeah. And you just think, you know, all the work that we're trying to do, and you think it just sounds so much better if you're doing it in front of the crowd. And, and you, you know those moments. It's like a death. There's no compromise with it. You know those moments will never come back. Yeah. And it's a great shame but you felt there was a weight responsibility to try and deliver Absolutely. for those that were listening yeah, you, know, you did a great job well. oh thank well, you yeah. I, think, I think as well like no way that obviously bangs that marched on together yeah 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 it's and really just smell it out yeah. <laughs> and, and then being at Anfield on the first day yeah oh. thinking when we'd sort of hoped over the summer maybe we could be back yeah. and that was really it was really sad driving in and you think it'd just be lined with the fans going and, and 
So that was it. But the, the time that we really knew what, a little bit what it was like with you guys was when we weren't allowed, that was a BBC in person, we weren't allowed to go to some of the away games between January and March, and we could stuck on well road, which is great, but, and then having to watch it on a screen, like you so say, you just know, it's just, you can never ever replace that. And that was, that was our bit of thinking, wow, this, this is what it must be like for fans, but not as bad because, you know, this is the thing that you, give your lives to do you know yeah. you have a choice don't you you know it leads to your choice and you you yeah. know you invest everything you have in, into doing that and yeah so that was it's been weird it's been mad and professionally it's been quite challenging mm -hmm. but it has been brilliant because it's been a great season so and i just hope that we all when we all come back together that it hasn't diluted it so much that you don't that it that hopefully it feels like it's the first season again almost yeah. for you when you when you're all back together yeah, I hope so. I mean, it was great having eight thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe it's just because it's Leeds that it will be that even more bit special because, yes, you stayed up, but you know how to do crowd, you know, not Swansea's clappers the other day. And, you know, you sort of, it's, it, it happens in its own way at Leeds, doesn't it? And I think that's, that's the beauty of it. You know, it's not, it's not plastic, it's, it's just very organic, isn't it? And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. If it's one of those days, but yeah. and I think that's what I'm looking forward to. And I just hope, I hope that in a way adds the even more excitement to an opening day fixture in the Premier League. But also, I think one of the points I'm trying to make as well is like there has to be that collective saying goodbye to the greats that have gone and anybody else that's, that's gone over over the period too. And I think maybe there's a little element of that the other day with the last game of the season, but I, not that collective feel I think it's just that wow wide-eyed wonderment back in the ground but I think together everybody needs to heal a bit as well as celebrate this season we've partnered up with the terrace and you can get 15% off all their merch at terracestore.com so fill your basket with the quality LUFC gear and add RITGK15 at the checkout to get your discount enjoy well that's us done for the 2020-21 season 26 episodes of 30,000 downloads worldwide, charting at number 14 in the top 20 UK sports podcast chart. Crazy. Uh, we've had former Leeds United manager Simon Grayson, former captains Johnny Howson and Paul Robinson join us, plus many, many more top guests. Puppy, I'm looking at you. Um, thank you from the bottom of our hearts to every single one of you for taking the time out to listen to us this season. We've really loved every minute of it and we can't wait to see where this great football club of ours takes us next season. Here's Matt Abbott's end of season poem once again to sign us off. Enjoy your summer and we'll speak to you in August. And Dallas keeps running and running and the burnout never arrives. Put the peacocks in the Premier League, they tantalise and thrive. We knew they would. We knew it. We've pundits scanning crib sheets for anti-lead statistics, all the shipping goals at corners and hopelessly naive. Ailing sailing down the wing, Bielsa's going ballistic, and Bamford proves the benefits of a manager that believes. And Dallas keeps running and running, and Rafinha's peddling tricks, and Pascal Stroik is a revelation with a spider between the sticks. Three more wins were in the Champions League. We were safe beating Leicester in Jan. And we knew we had them by the scruff of a neck from the moment the season began. Rodrigo, Llorente, Cork and Calvin, Harrison and Janney and Coops, Tyro and Costa and Shackleton, from silky skilled showmen to troops. 
Undefeated at home against Super League 6. All those glitzy household names. And the only thing stopping his winning streak was running out of games. And it still hurts. It's bittersweet that we've done it behind closed doors. But next year we'll make it a cauldron like they've never heard before. And Dallas keeps running and running. And Orta is causing a scene. And for a younger generation of Leeds fans, it's the best team they've ever seen. A hero's send-off for Pablo and Berra. Tears as eras collide. And Dallas keeps running and running. And our hearts are bursting with pride. Network.